The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Strategies to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Did you ever wonder what the secret is to being the best speaker in the world? I mean, the best, the top of the top. What's the secret? What's the inside track to get there? To answer that question, Lance Miller, world champion speaker with Toastmasters. Lance, welcome. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, Joel, thanks for having me. You know, um, is it embarrassing when people talk about you that way? I mean, God, that I mean, I mean, come on, you are legendary in your in your arena. It was interesting when I won the world championship in 2005, I did have a little bit of an identity crisis because I was going, oh my gosh, now I'm this world champion. And I remember sitting at, I was answering emails, sitting at the dining room table and I went, you know what got you here will keep you here and you're the same person you were before. It's actually an honor, and but it is something I had to get used to being called because I wasn't called that for many, many, many years. Well, how about this? I mean, does it create a, a certain amount of extra pressure that, you know, that you have to perform at an incredible level all the time or people are going to be disappointed? Well, it was interesting when I was on my path to being a world champion, my, my biggest fear was actually winning it and not feeling like I really was a world champion. It doesn't put pressure on me because I know I can deliver at that level. But it was that path that took me, so I know I can deliver at that level. I so can tell us, well, tell us what the path is. This is perfect. It just means that I know I can deliver. So tell us what the path is. I mean, what, what did you have to do to win? Not, not to prepare, but to win. What, what actually happened? What were the steps? Well, really, for me, it was more a path of self-discovery and discovering my worth to the world because I think – what happens to, to all of us, we're, we're little kids and our parents are telling us what to do. And we learn that if we make our parents happy, life's, life's good. And then we go to school and the teachers are telling us, and we learn if we follow the rules in school, then things go well. And we go to work, we show up, we we'll keep the boss happy. And then you go to speak and you stand up and there's our whole life, we've been sort of allowing other people to tell us what we're supposed to do so we can succeed. And for me, it was really a major turnaround to stand in front of those audiences and really tell them something I believed in, I knew was true, it was authentic from me, and it was discovering those messages. And then for me, it was being willing to fail at it for, four, for 13 years and continue pursuing it with all that failure. And probably one of the biggest things I learned, Joel, was 
really how to fail. And it's not failure. It's just, it's just experience. And it's all the lessons I learned were in losing speech contests. So yeah, I, so it's yeah. a, a lot of learning. So tell us what were the steps? So how does Toastmasters, they, they, they got three, 400,000 people in Toastmasters around the world. And these are, these are sophisticated and serious people who are serious about speaking. And they have a contest every year to figure out who their number one person on the planet is. Yeah. So what is that journey? What is, what are the steps to, you know, if somebody wants to do it, I mean, I just kind of want to get a sense, like how many speeches did you have to give to be determined the best or how did you get to that place or well, what happens? Sure. It's changed, it's changed a little bit over the years. I like, I did like the path and the journey I had, we had, you go up six levels. You start at the club area, division, district, and then we had regionals and then then the, the the finals at the world at the Toastmasters International Convention, which reached ten speakers. But it starts with about thirty to thirty five thousand speakers worldwide in one hundred and twenty countries. Wow! Single elimination each each level, and then it's a five to seven minute speech with this whole set of judging criteria on speech development, connection, proper grammar, stage use, vocal variety, all the different components you need, and the value of the message. You had one speech that you went up the first four levels. So that was to your district, which my district's in like San Fernando Valley, Los Angeles area. But there's some districts that are half the size of, seriously, half the size of Australia. It just depends how many clubs are in them. But there's usually about <laughs> two to 300 clubs in a district. So that's one speech. And then the regional one had to be a new speech. And then the, the final one had to be a new speech. So it took three speeches, each one of them an exponential step up. You know, so, you know, you, you, you compete against 10 people. You're the one the guy, well, you're the one, the guy that goes forward. Now you're competing against somebody to beat their 10. And that sort of happens six times. I, I just, uh, you know, tell us about the pressure. I mean, I mean, what's the, pre I mean, it's almost like a situation that deliberately creates a lot of pressure. You know, you know that you're the, the, the surviving 10 and then the guy next to you is from the surviving 10. I mean, what is that pressure like that? And, and how do you deal with that? Well, the whole journey for me was just a learning experience on how to deal with the pressure. And what would happen is every time I was competing, I would go wind up like as the years went by going to the next level, then I would be outside my comfort zone. And I would now be in an uncomfortable position, but I learned to deal with those uncomfortable you know, being completely feeling I was way outside of who I really was because I was speaking to such a large audience with all these other speakers. But it was that journey of learning how to do that so that when I get in front of an audience, I'm not thrown. I go, okay, I've been here a hundred times now. But the, the path is a learning path through experience. And I, I will give Toastmasters a tremendous amount of credit that they allowed me to compete for 13 years and allowed me to keep going up that path and hitting the next level, being outside my comfort zone, come back the next year. I've been here before. Okay, I'm now comfortable, a little more comfortable at that level. But by the time I got to the World Championships in 2005, Remember, I talked to one of the other world champions, Jim Key, and I said, is there anything different in this contest than any other contest? When I get on that stage, is something going to happen that I'm not going to, you know, would have never happen before? Because Jim had been on the world stage three times, and I went, he looked at me, he goes, no, it's another speech contest. I said, I'm fine then. I was so concerned I was going to be outside. My, something was going to happen I wasn't prepared for until I got on that stage. You know, it's interesting because that's, that's kind of, you know, what you're really describing, uh, one of the things I like, I love sports because sports is such a great metaphor for business and life. And what you're talking about is a metaphor, you know, really where to the Toastmasters environment 
is, is very much transferable to all these other things that we do. So, you know, when you ask that question, is anything going to be different? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome question. You know, how has this prepared you for everything else in your life? I mean, how, how have you generalized those lessons to the rest of your life? Well, one of the things I discovered, I found myself through the process and not, I've always been a very relatively successful individual and I can handle my environment well, but it's when you really own who you are. And I would, through that process, I say I sort of found a core center I can speak from and live from and I can observe things and I have the confidence to say what I need to say. And that's, that's really been the biggest difference is I know I can communicate with people, which is the primary skill you need to survive in any business, you know, on, I, I survive on planet earth with human beings. You got to be able to talk to them and that I can connect with them and make sense and that I can get my thoughts across. And that was the process of it. Uh, when you talk about outside, outside of just the competition, but the competitions really, I just kind of looked at them sort of as a training ground because you didn't get fired. You can, you could come back every year and compete. And so they were just a learning experiment. It was like going to the gym and just building your speaking muscles up. And one of the things I, I talk about the corporate gigs I've done and the, the speaking I've done, I've spoken at international conferences with 3000, 4,000 people in the audience. Those were never easier than a Toastmaster speech contest. But the Toastmaster speech contest through that process of continually pushing me outside my comfort zone gave me the confidence that I could stand on that stage. So I went out there and I was confident that I could deliver even though it was a multinational crowd with all different languages being spoke, half of them on translating devices and being able to relate to them. That process of competing gave me the confidence that I could stand on the stage with anybody and compete and can communicate, compete, be at that level. We, we each have our own style, each have our own, our, our own skill set that we bring. And I wanted to really figure out what mine was. I didn't want to mimic somebody. And that's what I see a lot of people do is they go, oh, look, that guy won. I'm going to be like him. I wanted to be like me. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's like the worst thing you can do is yeah. to try to imitate somebody else and not be yourself. But, you know, one of the uh, things that this podcast is about is the tricks to get the inside track. And, and I'm hearing you say a couple of things. One is that Toastmasters provided you with the training ground to get outside your comfort zone. And that was very important. The other thing is that you, you, uh, you practiced building confidence like it was a muscle. And you practiced, and so then when you go into another environment, the muscle's working, no problem, everything is good. So uh, these, these skills are, are highly transferable to every environment. Uh, it's not just about speaking. And this isn't an endorsement or a commercial for Toastmasters because I'm not in Toastmasters. I, I, although I was 30 years ago, I did go for a couple of years and, and I thought it was valuable and I made some. some look where you are today. So, Well, you know, listen, <laughs> and I, I can't give to, uh, all the credit to Toastmasters. I mean, part of it is I've just practiced on my own and, and I'm deeply involved in the National Speakers Association, which now uh, you are too. And the difference between Toastmasters, which is the art of speaking, the National Speakers Association is the business of speaking. So, you know, the top three or 5% of Toastmasters, the really, really good speakers and Toastmasters who say, they wake up in the morning and they say, gee, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I should be getting paid for this. Those people come to NSA and, and that's where they learn the business models and how to monetize those skills because the business of speaking is different than the art of speaking. 
and and we're we're crystal clear about that. So uh, some of the people from uh, the uh, Toastmasters world do come over to NSA. And by the way, we send some of our NSA people who need a little bit more polish to Toastmasters to get a little better at the craft. So we we work very uh, symbiotically together, put it like that. No, they fit the, well, they, the two organizations fit together very well. There's no they, question they about do. that. They do. So what else are you working on? So you're, you're a great speaker. Take that for granted. I'm sure you keep speaking to audiences. I know you speak 100 times a year or more. You're flying all the time. Um, what are you speaking on? What, do you, what are you mostly talking to companies about? You know, it's interesting that I see speakers and they get a, they, they go learn a system and they go, okay, I'm going to go do this. My whole thing was, what, where, do I, where do I live? Where are my messages? And really where I live is I love building groups that organizations, teams of people that everybody wins and we accomplish something and people love coming to work. And there's a real, I, and I got to tell you, I've worked for a lot of organizations and some of the happiest days of my life, Joel, were leaving that organization. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving jobs I had. And um, I, I have a team now. And what we do is uh, basically go in and build really great winning teams and figure out how to make, whether it's a corporation or a nonprofit or whatever, how to really get it humming and winning. And you use the sports analogy. I do the same thing. I was very active in sports in my younger years, and I think sports is a great analogy for business, and there are so many things that are transferable into that to really creating a winning team. And one of the things I will talk about is if your business was a football team, would it win the Super Bowl? You know, or are you just out here sort of kicking the ball around, running up and down the field, or can you get the points on the board? Can your team get the points on the board? And so... I talk a lot about fundamentals of leadership, and that's an area I love. It's an area that I have dug into. And I, again, I'm going to say this. I see all these books on leadership, and most of them, I think, are absolutely inapplicable crap for the most part because I've been in situations, I've been very active on like sailing and flying, and I've climbed mountains, and I've rafted rivers, and I've been in situations where leadership mattered, and it wasn't like, this is my opinion. No, this is what we need to do to survive. Theories don't apply here. We got to actually figure out how to make this thing work, and I've been able to bring that into the business world where with those same concepts of this is a clear definition of what leadership is. Here's how it works, and take the confusion out of that for people. So, so what do you, um, how do you do that? Do you do that through keynotes? I mean, do you do that through breakouts and where, where you're doing exercises with people? I mean, how, how do you convey the message? Well, primarily, I've got a couple different ways I do it. I do do, I do, do keynotes and I do seminars for the most part, most part. And then I do have some uh, like all day workshops that we work and actually get people to put their leadership programs together that standpoint. And what I'm doing right now, and I said, I just put a team together about a year ago, and we've been working to work this out. Um, and it's, it's interesting, there are two other guys that I trained on organizational design with about 25 years, years ago, we've all been turning businesses around or starting companies for the last 25 years, and we ran into each other and said, let's do this together. So that's what we're working on. And we're doing a lot of joint ventures. I got a couple of large banks, uh, regional banks that I'm doing seminars for on a joint venture basis to help. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.